millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in this week's episode, we're reviewing Misbehavior, plus, of course, all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies, and this week, in particular, Misbehavior. So Misbehaviour is set around the 1970 Miss World pageant when the newly formed women's liberation movement made themselves known by protesting and invading the stage of the Miss World pageant to disrupt the live broadcast. Mm. When the broadcast resumed, there was further uproar when Miss Granada was crowned as the first black Miss World. The film stars Kira Knightley, Gugu and Raw, Greg Kinnear, Reese Ifans, and Jesse Buckley. Now, the movie is directed by Philippa Lothorpe from a story by Rebecca Frain. It's very promising that you've got female film directors and writers behind the scenes on this movie, which is very important for a movie that's covering the rise of the women's liberation movement. 100%. When you need storytellers who can really help tell the story about oppression for their gender mm. and finding your voice and being heard and all those things. So I think, yeah, definitely important as content creators to have the right people behind the camera in these in these positions. Let's talk about how effectively all these intersecting stories are woven together because there's quite a few things going on in this film, isn't there? You've got the formation of the women's liberation movement, as I mentioned, mm. the geopolitical turmoil at the time. So there was apartheid going on in um, South Africa. Yes. And the changing of the times in general. So the 50s and 60s, the more reserved time turning into the radical 70s. And you also had the position of the owners of the Miss World title as well and their perspective and what they were Mm. doing and trying to bring into the piece. Do you think, I kind of felt they were trying to juggle too many different 
stories do you think so as well absolutely there were so many different sides to this story you had the main character sally played by kira knightley and her middle class experience of sexism at university trying to get into university Mm. and then you've got the women's commune who were who formed the women's liberation and their fight was bold and then even the pageant contestants who had a sense of camaraderie about them and they were trying to make something of themselves Mm. i guess and then if you've got Sally's mother as well, who's from a completely different generation and doesn't see this fight for women's liberation as something that's going to be successful. Yeah. So you have all these different things going on, all these different sides of a coin, but it's hard for any of those threads to take hold when there's so many of them. Usually a movie like this will focus on one person's journey, yes. which may have been Sally's. Mm-hmm. But what they've tried to do is be bold in their approach and bring all these threads together. And it comes together quite well, I think, in the end. But the point is that there's too much to give weight to and it flies through without really exploring any of them properly. Yeah, I don't think I could have said it better myself because there was a lot of noise Mm. and there were a lot of voices that were trying to be heard here. And what you got were flavours of it. But I think this story could have really been fleshed out more maybe in a TV series than a, an hour and 45 minute film because there were so many interesting elements in all these different women's stories and mm. some of the men's stories as well that you think, ah, they left you feeling that it was quite undercooked and you wanted to kind of hone in on them. Mm. Not related to the to the women, but vicariously in his behavior and his perception was the character of Bob Hope played by Greg Kinnear. Mm. I mean, I don't know much about Bob Hope, but I felt like it was, it needed to be assumed to the audience that you knew everything about Bob Hope. And I felt like there should be a a film on him in general, just to kind of really explain who who Mm. he was about. Cause you kind of just get a, it's only over a very short period of time, the series of events here. And so you just kind of meant to understand how these characters all tick without really getting much from them in their experiences. Mm. I mean, I enjoyed Greg Kinney's performance Mm. as Bob Hope, definitely. Bob Hope was a comedian and a host, and he was known as a notorious womanizer. So that's what that was touched on in the movie a little bit. But was he used effectively? I'm not sure what the point of him was rather than to stir up a bit of anger in Keira Knightley's character. And she was so focused on him, like intensely so in some scenes, which I didn't understand, like the pure vitriol on her face. Yeah. It's kind of understandable, but it was just so much that I was like, whoa, what's, what's she got against this guy? Yeah, yeah. And you don't think that we got a real understanding as to why? No, from her? I don't yeah. think so. What did you think of Kira's performance in general anyway? I enjoyed her performance, but I was I was interested in the arc that her character was taking from, you know, the different approaches to feminism were interesting you know, her character is more measured and trying to affect change without breaking the rules too much. She wants to play the game, but the other group are more rebellious and headstrong and chaotic in their way of doing things. And she starts to come over to that side a little bit more and she really gets into it, which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But it was almost a little too late for me Mm, anyway. I found this movie quite dull, despite it being about a topic rife with such passion and importance. I feel, and I kind of felt similar. I know we didn't quite agree with I Am Woman, but I didn't really feel the passion behind the messaging around uh, women's rights through through the context of that movie and Helen Reddy as an artist and her music, I Am Woman. And I kind of got similar vibes from this. It was just quite dull and it, it didn't really have much of a pulse. And I don't think it found a moment of crescendo in, in the drama or the content at all. What do you think? Well, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because 
this moment in history is so pivotal. It was almost like a flashpoint for the women's liberation movement. But the event itself was a little bit underwhelming. You know, they threw some flower bombs at the stage and rushed the stage and got taken away in a paddy van. And it was bold and it was brave for the time. But in terms of the film overall, it was quite anticlimactic. Yes, you're right. It kind of went to a place and, you know, they were fist pumping in the air at the end. And I'm like, okay, so now the credits are going to roll. Like, this is actually (laughs) kind of exciting now. Can we talk about the credits, though? Because I loved the ending. There's this moment where they connect the characters to their real-life counterparts. And I love the way they did it. You know, they kind of look at the screen and then it turns to the real person looking at the screen and smiling. And I like that's a good way of doing it rather than just putting the pictures side by side. I thought it was really effective and impactful and... I felt more emotionally from yes. that moment because of the direct down the barrel and seeing it transition into the re- these real life women, these beautiful women who obviously made an impact in society. And I yeah. thought, where was the connection? Where was where, where were these moments with these characters throughout the film? And I love a good strong ending to a closing credits when they do that <laughs> sort of yeah. stuff, but. It's, it's not beneficial to the overall experience of an audience when a film achieves more in the credits than they have <laughs> throughout the life of the film. Uh, but it was very impactful. I agree. It was a beautiful, great technique and really, really effective. Okay, so are we ready to deliver our popcorn kernels, Lee? I think so. Let's, right, let's go. Let's do it. So as I kind of touched on before, I felt like there was no crescendo to the narrative and I And I certainly didn't get a real sense of how pivotal important this fight for women's rights was based on the dramatization of this film, despite some great compelling performances from the likes of Keira Knightley. And I thought Greg Kinnear offered some great moments through Bob Hope. To your point, we kind of just got flavors and teasers across all these different subplots and women and stories. Mm -hmm. And I think it didn't quite bring it together as effectively as I thought I was hoping. Uh, so my popcorn kernels is going to sit at the 2.5. I think I'm going to agree with you. Although I enjoyed the way the movie came together, the pacing was a little bit undercooked, but the performances were fantastic. And mm. it's such an interesting moment in history that you probably don't know much about. So I found that really interesting to watch, but two and a half. Well, that's two and a half from both Lee and Tim for Misbehaviour. And Misbehaviour is in cinemas from November 26. All right, so it's almost time for Newsly. But before we launch into all of that juicy, juicy goss, we wanted to remind you of our latest ticket giveaway. We are so excited to be offering up five double passes to see The Witches in Australian cinemas from December 10. The movie is a reimagining of the Roald Dahl story and stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer and Stanley Tucci. To enter, all you have to do is head to the Popcorn Podcast Facebook or Instagram page, make sure you like or follow and drop a comment on the giveaway post tagging your coven of witches. Good luck. All right, Lee, this first piece of news has me pretty excited. What what have we got here? Well, Chris Pratt has been confirmed to return as Star-Lord in Thor Love and Thunder. Now, at the end of Avengers Endgame, they all took off together. So this isn't so surprising, really. Yeah, what was the Asgardians of the galaxy was the the phrase that they coined. And you got a real sense of, okay, you've got Star-Lord versus Thor. You know, they're both Jokers in the Mm. MCU. So you thought, yes, can't wait to see them on screen together. So this is pretty exciting that it's officially confirmed. And this 
speaks to the vibe of what Taika Waititi's Love and Thunder is going to be like, really. I think we can expect more of the same of Ragnarok, can't we? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Vin Diesel also touched down in Australia this week, so I guess that means Groot's making an appearance too. Okay. Yeah, but he's just a voice. I know. I don't understand. <laughs> Surely he's here for other means as well. But, I mean, could there be some sort of reimagining of Groot and Vin Diesel will get some face time in the series? Who knows? Maybe he's an adult again and Vin Diesel will get to actually play him. I wonder if he's learnt more words. <laughs> we'll find out. All right. John M. Chu is in talks to direct the Disney live-action remake of Lilo and Stitch. Okay, how, how do you feel about this in general? Not surprised by another live-action remake coming out mm. of the Disney vault of IP, but this is pretty precious territory. It's a mm-hmm. 2002 animated classic, but I'm keen to see what they bring here. Yeah. Do we need it? No. Do we want it? Sure. Will we be reviewing it? Yes. yes. <laughs> So Chu directed Crazy Rich Asians and the upcoming In the Heights. I'm so looking forward to In the Heights. So back to news on DC versus MCU. So we've got Sylvester Stallone has joined James Gunn's The Suicide Squad sequel in an undisclosed role. So he kind of established a relationship with Sly Stallone because he had a bit role in the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. yeah. So I wonder what this role could be. Be very interesting. I mean, adding another notch on the belt to this ensemble piece. So many people in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. So we got a trailer for the new Tom and Jerry movie. Tom and Jerry have been battling it out for 80 years now. Can you believe that? It's crazy. It's time to see their cat and mouse game hit full swing in their very first live action animation hybrid film, also starring Chloe Moretz. What did you think of the trailer? I love Chloe Moretz. I think she's great. She brings a lot of energy to her performances. And this one, I think she's going to have a lot of fun in. I thought the trailer was cool. It was great. Yeah. Very colourful. Exactly what you expect in the slapstick, crazy comedy that Tom and Jerry have delivered for, you know, 80 years, like you said. How do you think this would have worked, this style of animation for Sonic the Hedgehog? Do you think they, it would have been better if they'd done this kind of well, live like, action hybrid animation rather than CGI? Um, well, I think Sonic had its own demons to deal <laughs> with through the, through the design. I mean, maybe if they started at the more cartoonish, you'd call it more cartoonish yeah. uh, character design, wouldn't you? Mm. I don't know. I mean, it would probably feel a little bit more familiar to his his aesthetic in the Sega games. Mm. But I was actually... We, we both quite liked Sonic, and I think his design ultimately was quite successful. In the end it was, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We finally got the big reveal for what Scream 5 is going to be called. Right, can we have a drum roll, Lee? Okay, that was the worst drum roll of all time. But go on. What is it called? Scream. Full stop. What a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, I haven't heard it. I have a real issue with this, mm. and I'm assuming you do as well. Oh, yeah, hate it, hate it. Okay, why do we hate it? Because the first movie is called Scream. This is the fifth in a franchise. So why are you going back and calling this movie the same title as the original from 96? This seems to be the trend among films like this, though. You know, they go back to the original and it, in the reboot, which is fine and dandy and great, but it's... It's another movie in the franchise. Why are you calling it the same thing? It's just confusing. So what have we got? We've had the latest reboot of Halloween, mm. and that was pitched as a direct sequel to the 1978 film Halloween, and they called the sequel Halloween. I know. I don't understand the thinking behind it. And the Fast and Furious franchise did it quite 
similarly. Their first one was called The Fast and the Furious. And the fourth movie, which was considered the reboot, which has set it off in the stratosphere, was called Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop a few words and hopefully no one notices. It's like, I don't get it. It's a bit lazy, I think. But I think it's lazy too. I am so excited for this film, though. Make no mistake. Writer Kevin Williamson has shared on social media that filming has wrapped on the fourth sequel and said, I'm excited for you to return to Woodsboro and get really scared again. I believe Wes, that's Craven, mm-hmm. would have been so proud of the film. Okay, that's a pretty good that's testament. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to watch this space. I think it's coming out in January 2022, so... Can't wait. Come yes, on. bring it on. We got the first trailer for Chaos Walking dropped this week. Now, I wasn't familiar with this story, but it's set in a dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images and words and sounds called noise. Mm. The film stars Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley and Mads Mikkelsen and is directed by Doug Lyman of the Bourne Identity fame. Now, the trailer looks pretty action-packed. It looks pretty visually stunning, doesn't it? It's a tough one to translate from a book to a screen that that element of being able to hear and see thoughts yeah just like a stream of consciousness yeah and i don't know how it's described in the book but i quite like the aesthetic of the design and how they're looking to achieve this mm. it's, it's quite interesting you got to tread carefully though don't you because that could get quite irritating to watch in a full movie yes so is it like every thought? Yeah. And does it are there plot holes in when you don't see the noise and you're like, okay, so you're not thinking anything? <laughs> like, yeah. But if it's constantly around, then you're right. As a experience as a viewer, that could get quite irritating. But um, hopefully they nail it. Time will tell. That movie's coming in January 21st, I believe. Yes, 2021. All hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Now, before we wrap up this episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, we have a special announcement. Look out for our interview with the CEO of Hoyts. We're really excited to bring that to you very, very soon. That's right. Tim is going to be talking to the CEO of Hoyts, Damien Keogh, about all things movies in Australia and what we can expect from the market coming up. Can't wait to bring it to you guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.